0: Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim and you are listening to Coffin Talk, Exit Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. With me this week, all the way from India, is Mr. Uh, Shekhar, and I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. I tried a few times. Shewar.
1: Yeah, or you can simply call me Shekhar Jain. That's another, another nickname that I go by.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, uh, whatever name you do go by, you are a long, long, long uh, friend of my brother who used to travel to India often, and uh, I know you've changed his life and your friendship has changed his life. And so I want to thank him and thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast. And um, I know a little bit about you, but I want our listeners to learn about you. So the first question I have for you is that you practice a religion that's not uh, that well known in America called Jainism. And I was wondering if you could explain to our audience what Jainism is and how you practice it.
1: Yeah. Okay. The first thing, uh, first thing first, I must uh, uh, thank you. From the Mahar for having me on your podcast. And I really, I really feel privileged to be on your show. Okay. So, as you asked me a very simple question, what Jainism is, well, I need to tell you that Jainism is a little known religion outside India because even in India, we are a very, uh, we are a very, uh, we are a minority, you know, just a, uh, we are around like fifty, hundred thousand 100,000 people here in India. So it's a minority oh, wow. religion, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jainism uh, is a contemporary of uh, Gautam Buddha, Mahavir, the last Pisankara of the uh, Jainism. Uh, Mahavir and the Lord Buddha, the Gautama, uh, both were the contemporaries, but uh, the problem is that Buddhism traveled all across the world, but Jainism couldn't uh, go outside India. It's a, it's a kind of an extreme kind of religion, you know, austerities and fasting and very traditional beliefs. Like and, and the most important thing is that uh, Jains, are, Jains follow a very strict uh, kind of uh, nonviolence in India, you know. We, we don't eat any kind of uh, meat products, even not even eggs, or some vegetables that grow underground. So uh, Jainism is not known to many people. But uh, fortunately, a lot of community Indian diaspora travel to America. And uh, now you have some Jains living there over there in U.S. as well.
0: Wow. That's pretty interesting. And I didn't know it was that small in India. So how did you become a Jainist? Was it a family tradition?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been born in, Jain, in Jainism. You know, my parents, my, my parents, parents, and the forefathers, were all Jains. I it's said, it's very tight-bound community. You marry into the same caste. So by birth, you become a Jain. You know, you don't have to adopt it. You just simply uh, being born into Jain family, you, you are a Jain.
0: Got it. And so growing up, was it easy to be Jain and was it easy for you to accept being Jain? Or did you ever have doubts or like struggles or any issues?
1: Yeah, well, uh, having been born into a Jain family, uh, accepting Jainism was not a big problem because right from very early age, we have been taught to uh, to follow some traditions, you know, like uh, early in the morning, you had to... Uh, go to temple without having the darshan, that is, without seeing the statue of God and the kind of some things over there. You can't just simply have food or you cannot eat. That kind of things you have to follow. But after being, uh, after, say that, after I had grown up, I started uh, having some doubts about some things that, that are said in my religion, That's like, to give you one example that. Our Jain religion believes that uh, you cannot reach the moon. You know, uh, it's kind of a a word of God, and it's kind of a God over there, so you can't reach over there. That kind of thing. I started, uh, uh, say that arguing with people here in my community that how is it possible that the science says that you that yeah, we have reached moon, we have stepped onto the moon, and as well, I and mean, you can't say that you say that you can't reach moon. How is it possible? So these kind of things uh, sometimes I don't believe, but uh, overall I believe uh, and I love being Jain.
0: Okay, I think I understand. So you're saying that there are things in the Jain book, the the philosophy that contradicts what what we call reality, but that doesn't mean that the lifestyle and the habits of it. Like, for example, I'm I'm assuming, um, is it true that you've never tried meat before? You've never had fish, eggs?
1: Um. Absolutely not. Even I travel abroad, you know, I, I couldn't just simply uh, stand uh, having food in a uh, wage and non wage kind of restaurants where food, seafood and other things are kind of served there. But uh, sometimes I well, I, I need to. If you have time, I can tell you one incident, particularly that is each on my mind. Okay, uh, uh, I have been I have been to London and there in a. Seaside, uh, we were at a Seaside Resort and my friend and I and having, his girlfriend visited to a famous sea, a, a seafood restaurant and uh, they ordered some kind of seafood, a platter of seafood i mean. and uh, they asked me to have something but I said I couldn't eat anything because it's just simply seafood and it's meat all over there. <coughs> so they were a little bit troubled because I was not having any kind of food I was starving, but uh, I couldn't eat because it was not seafood, you know. So uh, my friend just simply had the uh, um, the head chef come over here to my table and asked me, "What can you have?" I said, "Well, I'm I, I'm a pure vegetarian." So he said, "Will you eat eggs?" I said, "No." Will he said, uh, "Would you like to have some fish or some kind of?" I said, "Absolutely not." That kind of thing, you know. And then he finally. Then he finally settled on having me uh, some rice and sauteed vegetables, that kind of thing. And even to cook that sauteed vegetables and uh, rice, I insisted on using very clean pots so that I don't want any traces of meat. Uh, uh, residues, I mean to say that. Uh, uh, the, the sticky thing that, that comes along with the pots, you know. Sometimes after overcooking for a long time, I, I asked the chef to clean it all pretty clean and then cook the food and that kind of a thing, pretty thing happened over there, you know. It was funny. I was a little bit ashamed as well because I was putting the chef to the lot of trouble, you know, but he finally made it to my test, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I understand, and that's really interesting. So before I ask the normal question I ask on this podcast about life and death, I'd like one more uh, question about this incident and your philosophy. What would happen to you if you did eat... Um, that fish that day? Like what would, would, is there a God that punishes you? Like what's the philosophy?
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me put this straight. The first thing is that as we have, uh, we, we have not been using, you know, any kind of meat and we even can't stand as somebody having meat. So the first question, the first, uh, the, the first reaction would be, it will, it will be very repulsive for me to have some, some kind of uh, fish or some kind of meat I served on my plate, you know. Uh, I won't eat, I would prefer say that go starving for like one, two, three, four, five, something days like that. Uh, but I, I haven't been in that situation, so I can't really tell you whether I will eat or not. But mostly, if you ask me now, being in a comfortable position, that I would rather uh, go, uh, I would prefer dying, uh, but uh probably would not like to uh, eat that meat or any kind of meat product you know and coming to your question that if i eat what will happen okay it will be a bad thing for me i will be accruing very bad karmas because to fill my stomach is just to, to fill my, my my belly you know you have to uh, kill somebody some living organism and uh, uh we can't be, can't just tolerate that so uh I think that I would agree with bad karmas, it will it will it will it will I will be punished for that in my next life or something. And uh, I, I won't like it because God As we don't believe in that, that there is an entity sitting on a throne up in the clouds like that and then delivering punishment and judgment kind of things to you. It's, it's all your karmas. Jains believe in you in your karmas. You do and you reap. As, as, as the saying goes in Bible, as you sow, so shall you reap, that kind of thing.
0: That's a great answer. And so I have one last little question because I was a vegetarian for many years and I once was talking to someone and it's a coincidence, but they were also from India. And he looked at me and said, you don't believe in killing, right? And I said, yeah, I don't believe in killing. And he said, well, the water you drink, they boil it and kill bacteria. How does that make you feel? And so I'm curious, how would you answer that same question?
1: Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, it's a kind of a tedious answer, you know, a little bit of philosophy involved in that, and um, I'm sure that you will you will put up with me for that, okay? According to Jane, according to Jain religion, uh, there are hierarchies, you know, of uh, living things. You know, uh, some some things are only with one sense, some things are only two senses. And we human beings are bestowed indoors with five senses. So killing him, killing an entity having five senses, you know, that's kind of a greater crime you you make against that. Okay, but if you kill vegetables, kind of thing, just like uh, if you pluck spinach for your for your uh, curry or sort of thing, you are definitely killing that life form, right? But the problem is the problem. But the typical answer is that. It is just for your sh- survival, so that kind of things definitely uh, you won't go unpunished. You will be punished for killing that kind of life form, but it will be very mild sort of thing that you will be committing uh, against somebody else—a crime sort of crime, against a very mild crime.
0: Okay, I totally understand, and that's—I actually really like that. So, um, I guess then I, I want to ask you the main question that we ask on this podcast um, which is according to Jainism and of course more important to me according to you, Shekhar what happens when you die? What do you think happens when you die?
1: Uh, well uh, the strongest belief in Jainism is that this body is kind of a thing you, you share out, you just leave behind and you move ahead all that is, they call it soul, atma, as you as they put it in Hindi, or if you like to call uh, it's a Hindi word for that. The soul and the consciousness. There's another word for that. So all there is, there that. It is consciousness. as in everything. That everything that surrounds you is full of consciousness, and even a an non-living thing is also full of consciousness. All sort of things because it is some kind of some kind of uh, atoms. That they they're they're they just in that so that's kind of a life form some some sort of thing very gross kind of thing though uh, but it is consciousness so when you die you leave your body and your consciousness is relieved and uh, according to your karmas you go into the higher form higher form of life or you go into the downward kind of life like sometimes you are born as a um, according to your karma as they say that but God doesn't punish you because there is no god as such in Jainism you know uh, you get punished for your things, but by being born into some other kind of life forms. I hope you got the answer.
0: Yeah, no, no. You're. This is actually going really well. You're. You're like an encyclopedia of Jainism. Uh, no, no,
1: no. Thank you for that. But I have very little knowledge, very little knowledge of Jainism because. Uh, yeah, well, I I'm not a kind of a churchy person. You know, they're going too much into temples and studying this and studying that and following this authority and that kind of thing. But I believe in that. These kind of things. You, you 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 just got to. You have absolutely no right to kill someone just to just for your own survival. That's that's my kind of philosophy.
0: Well, and actually speaking of survival, that's kind of what I'm curious about with Jainism. Is is it a um what here in America we would call a pacifism religion, meaning like if your neighbor um, starts to take your land, according to Jainism, are you allowed to fight back or are you supposed to let them take the land? Like what's the line of um, action and and no action?
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, I have two different views according to, as you asked me that. The the first thing is that uh, uh, if somebody takes out from you, like... For your money, your car, somebody uh, still breaks in your flat and takes away all the things you have, that kind of thing. If it happens to you, our religion teaches us that. You will have to accept that. It was your, your karma. It was to happen in the last life or maybe uh, maybe some other unknown life, you know, because you live so many times, you die so many times in some other life you, you might have done the same thing to be to the person who did it to you this time so you are paying back so to get out of uh, that karma so not to accrue any bad karmas in this life uh, you will have to let go you will have to accept that it was my destiny it was to happen it was not my thing it was not my property that kind of thing so you just simply accept, as Osho says that accept whatever that happened to you, okay? So you just don't uh, worry too much, you don't panic, you don't cry, you don't uh, lament about it, you just simply accept and let it go. Another thing is that being a 21st century man and being a normal human being, I mean to say that, if (laughs) if somebody takes my takes my, say, a gold ring, or maybe tries to snatch a mobile from my hand, I would pretty much fight back. Will will feel like hitting him in the face or kicking him in the, wherever. And uh, and if it is still gone from my hand, I would just be a little bit worried about, I will just a little bit really sad and think that I, this shouldn't happen with me, that kind of thing. But finally, somewhere, the religion at the back of my mind will soothe my mind and tell me that accept it. It wants to happen. It happened, and so let it go. That kind of a thing. But the be, but being a normal human being, considering that I too have the emotions as well, an attachment to the things because we are not. I am not a yogi. I am not a sadhu. So I will feel a little bit bad about them, that this shouldn't happen with me but finally I would accept it because this is what the essence of life is because nothing is yours whatever you are with within this life it comes to you but it is not yours if you have this kind of philosophy you will just simply accept and will not lament about it anything
0: wow that's beautiful so I, I, I'm really interested in what you're saying Um and so I want to know Next, um, you gave me a great example from London with the food, but now with a more serious topic, such as you know someone stealing your gold ring, like you mentioned, or let's talk more directly, like you have family. You have a wife and children and parents, of course. Um, what is the biggest test you've had in your life with Jainism? What was like the time where it was the hardest to... Swallow, as we say here, like the the idea, like let this go, let this go, and how how did that go for you?
1: Uh, well, uh, speaking about material position, uh, yeah, well, I I, I think that uh, well, it is for you. You are not you are not mean for that. So if it is with you, yeah, so be so it's good to have that kind of thing. But if it is. If it goes away from you if somebody takes it away you better accept it because crying over the spilled milk as they say it is of no use you know so let religion be in one corner you know but just simply be a very rational and logical kind of person uh if you spill milk you're not going to get it back so it's absolutely no use crying over that that kind of thing this is this is how I say religion is kind of a different thing. But uh, being a rational and logical man, I would say that well, let it be. It's not he was Just It's gone. Just forget it, that kind of thing.
0: And so what about in your life, though? Have you ever been tested? I'll, I'll give a personal example. I uh, went through a divorce, and I had a lot of fallout from that, and there were times where I felt like things were truly unfair. And even if I applied karma and believed that i deserved it which believe me i have applied that and i have tried that it was still like very hard and so i'm just curious if you have a moment in your life where you were tested and you passed that test or maybe you failed it but um if you're willing to share i would love to know like a real time in your life where this philosophy worked but it was hard
1: yeah uh I've gone through one kind of experience. Uh, it's, it's kind of a very personal thing, but I would like to share with you because, yeah, well, sometimes I will, I, I don't, I've shared these things, kind of things with, uh, with Sam, but uh, anyway, I will share it, uh, wash the laundry in the public, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much because people do learn from hearing this. So I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, it so happened that in... I got married back in 1992, and after one year we conceived, and uh, the child was seven or eight months uh, with months already in the stomach, in her belly, and uh, we had this uh, sonography done, and the doctor said that uh, the child has some malignant brain tumor kind of growing in you know, a growing, so you will have to have it removed. It was a very emotional shock for me and for my wife as well, and. From the religious perspective, uh, it was kind of killing some uh, five sense of human being like that. It was fully grown, seven months old and like that kind of thing. So we didn't want to do go ahead with that. But finally, for the betterment of the child and for my wife, we had to kill it. Uh, we had to have the abortion and taken it out, you know. But uh, after that, I was very upset that these things happen. this thing happened with me and another incident that my mother uh, died back in 2000 and she was taken away from me and I was really, very, 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 very yeah, attached to my wife and I, I couldn't just simply uh, take it stoically as to say that, that uh, somebody comes and somebody has to go, you can't live on the planet forever, but for like three or four months, I couldn't come to terms with that thing. Finally, slowly time as I said, say that, but, uh, it was very, I think it shouldn't happen. My mother should have been with me, that kind of.
0: Yeah, I really understand. Thank you first of all, for sharing those stories because that's not easy and it's not required. And, um, I just, I feel my heart feels a lot when you said that and, um, I think that that's the answers I'm looking for as I do this podcast is I'm trying to help myself and my listeners connect life and death and the whole process, you know, as we have children and we lose our parents, as we become parents and watch our children worry about losing us, you know, the cycle. So it's been really helpful to hear you talk about that. Um, So I'm curious, since we don't often have people from outside of the United States, um, what advice as a Jainist and as a human, would you have for our country right now as you watch from the outside? Do you think that uh, we could be better off if we were Jainist? Do you think we're doing just fine? Do you think karma is just doing its thing? How do you feel about the world?
1: Oh, well, I'm not a great theater to, to send a message to the world and to, the people, uh, to people like that. But uh, the only thing I would like to tell you that uh, whatever you do in this life, be a better person, love everyone, and yeah, if you believe in karma, or if you don't believe in karma, but doing good gives this kind of a satisfaction. And at the same, on the other hand, if you if you kill someone, you really feel bad. Somebody at the back of your mind will you feel that I did a very wrong thing to that. But emotions and your attachment, or maybe some other evil, uh, evil kind of a mindset takes it over and you. Just put it behind, but uh, your mind definitely, your inner soul tells you that this is not right, you shouldn't do it. If your heart tells you that this is wrong and you shouldn't do it, I think that you shouldn't do it. You mustn't do it. Do that kind of thing. Love everyone. That's that's the thing. That's the thing, because love is the only eternal thing you are going to take take away from this life to the next life I'm mean interested
0: that. Well, that was the most beautiful, best answer I could ask for, and we are running out of time, so... Uh, Shekhar, I want to thank you so much for helping us put another nail in the coffin. Um, You've been an extraordinary guest today, and I'm so thankful for your wisdom, for your friendship, and most of all, for your heart. Um, I'm sure it will come through to our listeners as well, but you are clearly a loving and peaceful person, and um, I, I want our world to have more people with you and your attitude, and I would like to be more like you with your attitude. So is there anything you'd like to say before we go?
1: Um, I would like to say that look around what people are going through. There's a lot of trouble going on. But if you learn to accept and let go, you will be a better person. You will be definitely a better person if you let go of the things. You don't keep the hold on. To, you don't keep holding on to things because they are not mean for you. They just they are mean for you for some time and they are going to go away. So better, uh, it would be better if you let go and. Just accept everything. What what is going to happen with you, just going to happen with you, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, that's the kind of thing I would like to say. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That was truly beautiful and truly precious. Well, everyone, there you have it. This is another episode of Coffin Talk Exit Interviews with the Living. Once again, a big thank you to Shekar and also to my brother for booking him and for our first guest from India. And uh, to the rest of you, we will see you soon. Walking along when I hear this song, and I'm walking alone. Walking alone when I walk into you and I see that you see me and I see you hear this tune, and I feel that you near me, and I see you while the